and welcome to the 53rd episode of the NL Feast podcast, your favorite podcast about your favorite division in baseball. My name is Sam Clark, and with me as always, the club to my soda, Brandon Gross. Are you drinking club soda? I am not drinking club soda. This is just, uh, you know, one of the classic, what do I say in the moments? And that's what I got. You know, I feel like I'm not well versed in club soda. Like ginger ale is a drink that I like first found out found out about pretty much which sounds insane when i worked at this production company here whoa what you uh, never had girlfriend ginger used to work at i never had ginger ale my, my family is not a soda family at all okay. like i just had a coke once in a while okay but uh i tried ginger ale um when i worked at this production company because we used to have the canada dry in cans and i was obsessed with it are we talking about the, the one that uh that, that i know about starts with an s yeah yeah, yeah. okay where your girlfriend used to work yes yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah. Damn! Yeah, so that so, was your that was your intro. You what did your mom give you when you were having belly aches as a little kid? Um, that's a good question. Because I, I would get it's always ginger ale and then an occasional sprite or like a lemon lime soda, but it was almost entirely ginger ale. I don't know. You know what's funny? I don't remember having a bad stomach as much as a kid. I had a worse stomach as I got older. Oh, so I don't okay. know. I don't. I don't remember that well. Um, but yeah, ginger ale. But also, like since then, I've adopted when I have an upset stomach. Okay. Or an upset tummy, excuse me. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I'll use the ginger ale, but club soda probably also good for that, right? I would imagine so. There's a weird connection between like the, gin, the ginger specifically being like an anti-nausea thing uh, in addition to the carbonation. But yeah, club soda also seems like a good alternative. Probably the less sugar, the better seems to be the take that I would have. But probably. I, I, I yeah. don't know for certain. I don't know for certain. Um, well, you're right with the ginger because I know even sushi ginger, which is yeah. pickled ginger, right? Pickled ginger, That's also yeah. good for... Good for your tum. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Honestly, I I also heard that the laying on the left side of your of your like laying on your left side. You know what I'm talking about? I yes. heard that's good for the digestive system as well. Too. Well, that makes you fart more. Is that true? Uh, by uh, my own case study, I would say so. I, I was going to say I got a lot of answering to to Miranda. If that's the case, because like, uh, your boy sleeps <laughs> I'm on, his side on my a left lot. side. <laughs> um, what's up, man? How was your weekend? What have you been up to? Uh, it was fine. It was very, last weekend was, was last week was busy. It was a lot of okay. activities at night during the weekday. I went to a concert Exciting. Uh, on, not as big as the concerts you went to. I wanted to yes. buy your concerts more. Yeah, we will. We'll talk. But, but yeah, I went to a concert with, with a friend on, uh, last Thursday, saw some little indie rock stuff. It was, it was funny because, uh, no, like they were doing the thing and I know you've probably experienced this maybe as a performer and as, uh, someone who's going to a concert, but uh, where the fans will sort of make a U-shape when there's not a lot of people at the concert. It's a smaller one, and they are afraid to approach the stage. Yes, yeah. Kind of like at comedy shows where nobody sits in the first row. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, I guess that one's probably more of a fear of getting heckled. I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> know. I guess true. this one is a fear of looking the musician yes. in the eyes. Okay, but eye contact. My friend I'm I'm with goes to a lot of shows, and he was a... Uh, he just went right up there. So we were like in the front row. And also we're like two guys that are like, you know, six foot, five, yeah. 11, touching bigger guys, the, bigger guys in those areas. And I felt bad. I felt guilty of that. <laughs> but also it's like, hey, if you're not, if you're not going to the front, it, I guess we're going to take advantage. So yeah, I, these bands that I did not know pretty much. Okay. Who'd you see? I was, I was just about to ask. Who was it? Um, uh, French Cassettes was the headliner. I don't know if you know them. Ooh, okay. Off to a bad start. Um, indie, indie. <laughs> indie, um, indie. Valley Queen, which is a local LA band. They were pretty fun. Um, and then Tino Dreama, 
Okay, that, uh, that one sounds vaguely familiar. I feel like that's a band you'd like, and, yeah. and they're one of my favorite ones. And the lead singer is like 6'8", which looks oh, funny God. on stage. He's he very tall. He can dunk. This guy can dunk. <laughs> <laughs> I was throwing him a basketball from the front row. Um, but yeah, it was a fun little indie rock show. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a blast. But yeah, I did go to... I went to a show that was a highlight. Weekend was, was chill. I Pretty saw, chill, huh? Yeah, I saw a movie, and that's about it. What about you? How well, was, wait, how was did your you weekend? see Morbius? No, I did not see Morbius. <laughs> okay, I, I I've seen Morbius five or six times, but not this weekend. No, I've <laughs> no. not seen Morbius. Um, what about you? What, how was your weekend? My weekend was good, dude. It was a, it was honestly a jam-packed week since we've last spoken. I did. Uh, we had, obviously, opening day on Thursday, and the night before of that course. was the Strokes concert. Um, so I, I used uh, one of my family sick days to <laughs> keep forgetting that there's a chance that coworkers listen to this podcast. But, you know, it's, a, it's one of my allotted days, and somebody in my family was ill, and I felt it just happened to coincide yes. with opening day baseball. Um, yes. I, uh, so I went to the Strokes concert. Miranda and I were in the, in the seats at the top. So as far as sound quality goes, it left a little to be desired. And I sent you their set list, dude. They played a bunch of middle of the release stuff like and not a lot of is this it yeah. not a lot of uh the adults or what's room the on fire yeah yeah and it was just like i i was just struggling i knew like five of the 15 to 20 songs they played it was wow weird. i know so, so, that, so you're you're going for the first two albums i'm going for the first two albums and then miranda's been really into the latest release and they played probably sure. like two songs off the latest release and they, that's weird i know dude it was a really weird i set. saw them we talked about this in the podcast because yeah. julian casablanca's lead singer of the strokes and noted mets fan he, uh, I saw them uh, it, at the Forum in LA last mm, October, mm-hmm. and they did right. all the classics. They did a lot of the new record, uh, so it's weird that they changed it up on you. And, I, and I'm sorry that that you were disappointed they didn't hit some of your classic. It was on a, this was more of like a uh, this was more of like a, a, a bucket list band. You know what I mean? Like. Sure. This, the set list, you know, didn't live up to expectations, but glad I saw them. Glad I got to say I saw them. Now I'm not like rushing out the door to see them anytime they're in town. And it sounds like they mixed their set list up a lot. So that could go. But the, the weird fun. part, the weird part was that they cut. First off, they didn't play. Is this it? Which you would think is the staple like or last night. They yeah. didn't play last night either. Um, wow. They cut someday. Like all of the classic songs. They played Take It or Leave It, which was great. Um but the Barclays Arena cut them off. They cut their set by three songs because they they had they Why? had gone over their time. And it's like, what do you what do you mean go over your time at the really? Barclays Arena? Yeah, well, yeah, it was that's really weird because I've heard that at outdoor shows when there's like a noise ordinance. That's but... was, that was my guess because there are apartments like a block away, and if it's maybe if it's like after midnight or something like the show definitely was running late. Um, but yeah, it was a great show. Woke up the next day. The boys came over. We watched. I'm not. This is not hyperbole. We sat on the couch from two thirty p.m. 3 p.m. to like I think they took off around 11:30 and we ate hot dogs and just chilled and, <laughs> and drank a couple beers and hung out and bet on baseball and watched baseball the whole day it was great. Um, Marlins opening day on Friday, which is a lot of fun. It was a heartbreaking game. We'll get to it later, but um, but the, but it was an exciting moment. Um, and then yeah, dude, Miranda and I got a little. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm a little congested. I got a little sick. Uh, mm-hmm. We started feeling symptoms on Saturday, so I really took it easy all day Saturday and Sunday, which I I've been meaning to do. I feel like I've been running rampant. With weddings and bachelor parties and birthday yeah. parties and concerts and just a thousand things. So it was nice to take Saturday and Sunday. Just chill. Today we signed our lease for our new spot. We move out at the end of the month, which is really Congratulations. exciting. Congratulations. That's exciting. Very exciting. So we're, we're, uh, we took care of that. Uh, demolished my savings. Uh, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and now, yeah, just kind of hanging out, man. We got a lot to talk about today, though, Brandon. Baseball's back. We baby. have actual baseball to talk about. There's no candy today. No there's, candy. There's, there's limited bullshit. We got some music <laughs> in there, but it's done. It's out the window now. You can but hang. I do have to say, really quickly, Please. before we get into baseball, Please. congratulations. You have a music video. I know you're too. Oh, thank you. Thank you very you're, much. You're 
You're too. That. What's the word? You're too. Uh, th- there's a word that I'm mm, looking for. That, you're what, not. Uh, what's the? Give me. Give me. You a wouldn't. You wouldn't gloat. You, oh, humble. The, uh, Is humble. Humble. Word? That's the word I'm looking <laughs> yeah. for. We're a dumb. Uh, we're a dumb pod today. Um, we're we're hum- you're humble, so I know you wouldn't bring it up. But your band, Ugly Twin, has a great, fun music video that Thank I really you enjoyed. Very much. Other people that you're you don't even know messaged me and said, "Hey, Sam's music video is cool." So that's very sweet. That's very sweet. Yeah, uh, uh, a friend of with the initials MC uh, reached out to me for the first time. Michael Conforto. Yeah, Michael Conforto. He said, "My shoulder hurts. I hate my agent, but I love your music <laughs> video." Um, no, we've we've had some really nice response. I really appreciate you saying that. It was really cool. Uh, my first real music video. Uh, which is a little surreal and uh, our good friend Jamie directed it. She did a brilliant job, really, really knocked it out of the park. Can't take credit for a lot of it. Frankly, it was a, it was predominantly her direction, her ideas. And um, yeah, really happy with it, man. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Hey, you got it. We'll, we'll uh, add it to the the thread when we push out this pod. Tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. Thanks. 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 Um, so we have real baseball to talk. Also, we have a rundown for the first time in months when was the last time we had a rundown where we had like topics to talk about and everything dude it's been so maybe long. when we had a guest we had put four questions there that we didn't even look at yeah but that's about it we have not <laughs> had a rundown since braves world series that's what it seems like that's what it seems like but we got a lot to talk about today we got the mets taking three or four from the nationals and the phillies taking two of three from the athletics the braves split a series at the reds the marlins lose two of three against the giants womp, womp, womp. and then brandon the return of some classic segments feast or famine we had some twitter questions drama to week the upcoming schedule and feature future fans brandon but before we do that here's some ads hey sports nerds have you heard of ColorCast? well ColorCast is a live audio only sports talk platform it's free to download and it's free to use you can talk to me you can talk to other fans athletes and insiders in real time that's right athletes and insiders not just schmoes like me It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to all the breaking news. I got on there, I got some friends, I got some followers, and I got into arguments where I found out I was wrong. But you're going to be right when you get ColorCast. Download it today. It is free to use. Bring those spicy takes, baby. This episode of NL Feast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Listen, tons of people take a multivitamin. It's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, which is a word I just learned today. Adaptogens. I could use some adaptogens in my life to help start your day right. Listen, it's a scoop. You just toss it in your protein shake, get back from the gym, you've been running treadmill, training for that marathon, getting jacked. Maybe it's cutting season. Maybe it's bulking season. Who cares? Throw a little athletic greens in your protein shake and you will be good to go. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets as well. So vegans, maybe double check. You never know with these things, but sounds like it's good for you. Good for those uh, pescatarian diets, maybe. I don't know why that's the first one that came to my brain, but the caveman diet. Maybe it's good for the paleo heads out there. I don't know. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than three dollars a day. Three dollars a day. That's less than a cup of coffee. I spend more on bacon, egg and cheeses here in New York City than I'd spend on some athletic greens and 
may sound a little bit more healthy to me. Listen, it's time to reclaim your health. Arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's getting chilly here in the big city, so I could use some of that. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Brandon, and we are back. So the first thing I want to talk about was your lovely Mets took three of four from the Nationals. The Philadelphia Phillies took two of three from the Athletics. And while there's some baseball being played right now between those two teams, my question to you are, are the Mets and Phillies good, or are their fan bases overreacting to success against bad teams? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I like that question a lot. Um, I would. I am, like I said, most of the offseason for the Mets, I am tempering my expectations because of their history of drama and collapsing and reasonable, all that stuff. Reasonable. But I really have enjoyed, despite the loss of DeGrom and despite today... Uh, uh, Taiwan Walker actually uh, left after two innings with some shoulder issues, so that's worrisome. But despite those injuries, the Mets pitching looked phenomenal. I mean, the worst pitcher of the bunch was Max Scherzer. Yeah, <laughs> which is so weird. He, and he still had a quality start, six innings and th- only three earned runs. Still was great. But, uh, but yeah, he was having some issues with his fastball in that game. But Tyler McGill, opening day starter, looked phenomenal. I think he went uh, six innings, no runs against the Nationals. And obviously the Nationals, struggling team. They still have some big hitters with with Soto and and uh, Nelson Cruz and uh, Josh Bell. But I'm encouraged by the pitching. And also the Mets, you know, they were not trying to, like, hit bombs. The Mets were, like, kind of doing old-school baseball. They were bunting. Yeah. They were moving people over. And not necessarily that I'm a fan of that, but it's, like, nice to see them actually get some hits with runners in scoring position. In the first two games, at least, of the Nationals-Mets series, they were doing that. So that was encouraging. So I think the Mets are decent. But the Mets-Philly series that's happening right now as we speak um, – that's one that I think will determine if the Mets are good and the Phillies and the Phillies, you know, they played a sh- very shitty A's team. Um, Baseball's doing that thing though, where you think you, un- you think you know how well teams are. And then it goes to shit very, very quickly. Like yeah. the, the Phillies, all the bad defense finally caught up with them. Uh, Alec Bohm had three errors. The last time we checked in on the game before this started, uh, Mark Canna's hitting eight for 11 with like uh, only singles and little bloops left and right. Very yeah. strange. I mean, I, he's probably had an at bat since I made the run down and check at least one maybe two um and then the athletics who the phillies beat up on the entire weekend are killing the rays killing the rays i know luis patino left a little early with what what appeared to be some shoulder issues so yeah you hate to see that the pitchers are dropping like flies as we as we predicted because of the shortened spring training too which sucks but um but yeah we just really have no idea it's hard to tell these teams are acting erratically brandon um but but i if i were you as a mets fan i would feel promised or i would i would be promising i'm feeling promising it's promising. Uh, it's it, promising. It's promising. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we we already said we're done. We're uh, backing it up. And uh, <laughs> and and uh, because not only are, obviously did you win uh, the series against the Nationals, and you need to pick on bad teams. You took three of four, which is different. I know not every team in the in the National League East has played four full games yet. Um, 
I think you guys are the only ones, right? No, the Braves. The Braves went. Uh, we'll talk about it soon. But the Braves went two for yeah. two with the Red Series. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the Mets are now starting to uh, pile in on the on the on the Phillies. And I, I think the story of the week, though, with the Mets, though, is that there seems to be some bad blood between the Nationals and Mets, and it's super early for that. We we saw some high heat. I know, Alonso and also and some high heat I mean Francisco Lindor over the over the weekend. The year is young, but if you had to pick two NL East teams that would have bad blood right off the bat, you wouldn't pick that combo. No, you not. would not pick that combo. I don't think you would um, ever pick a combo that had the Nationals in it at all. Yes, that's true. Um, I mean, obviously, everyone's a com- you know they're competitive guys on all teams, but yeah, I mean, the Mets were drilled four times, five times in the whole series. I think four times, James McCann twice. Pete Alonso and Lindor in the face yeah. in two separate games. Brutal. And obviously, they were not trying to do this on purpose whatsoever. Um, the ball slipped. They said they're trying to get a grip on it. Maybe it has something to do with the lack of sticky stuff. I situation. heard that. The Mets, I don't think, drilled anyone on, on the Nationals. Maybe one one player that I, I don't Scherzer. recall. But... Scherzer hit somebody. Oh, he did? Okay, Josh yeah, Bell, yeah. I think. I think he hit Josh Bell with a curveball. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, two in the face? Yeah, dude. And did you see that nasty what? picture of Pete Alonso? The badass oh, picture. Blood? Also, yeah. wait, okay. The, I just this is not in the rundown, but I remember this. What did you think of Pete Alonso's bat flip? I thought it was cute. I, I thought, thought it was, was lame as shit, dude. And all of Mets Twitter was like, "That's the coolest. We love it." And he's doing a little twinkly toes, like you know, it's not like there was no swag. Was, it was to like it. singing in the rain. Yeah, you know? was sort very, of, yeah. that's what it, sort of what it was. It, it was gave like me him, Mary Poppins know. vibes. Yeah, it was, it was a little Poppins. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought it was unique. You don't see it too often. I agree. Yeah. And, and it was by and the top of the bat. It wasn't the handle of the bat either. It was, yeah. I mean, Pete's kind of has like a goofy bod. You know yeah, what I mean? He sort of has like a, he's just like a goofy guy. And he obviously is very strong and powerful. But like, he's just a little goofball, you know? It just, it, um, it feels like bat, bat flips are like supposed to be like a, a hype moment. And there was nothing hype about that. That just felt a little like goobery. Like he just continues he's to. He's a goober. He continues to reinstill the reputation of being a goober. And I think he really lived up to it with that bat flip. But the rep, the, the reaction on Twitter was, oh, this is great. Look how cool this is. And it wasn't even just Mets Twitter specifically. It felt like baseball Twitter as a whole was hyping it up. And I was just, I don't know, man. It didn't impress me. It just kind of kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I want the swag. I, you know, I want the he, swag. Well, I mean, okay, if you put him next to your guy, Jazz Chisholm. Ooh, yes. Who's... That guy, I mean, come on. Like, know. you know, that guy has swag. Pete's like a Florida boy. He's like, if, <laughs> He's we, one of if, us. You, and I, if you and I had the power of Pete Alonzo, that's what we would look like. That's I what we would look like. I, uh, I got called Pete. I got somebody uh, went on my, my softball my softball team for my work league said I was like Pete Alonzo, and I took that as a, as a mean, mean insult. <laughs> They might be listening. They said to this you now. look like Pete. They said I. I reminded them of Pete Alonso. I don't know if it, I think it was a one a body thing and two uh, a play thing. I think they're trying to compliment my play that I was like I was I was making good contact, but in the moment it felt like an insult. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Hmm. I'm trying to remember now because we notoriously played softball together. That's true. I feel like you might have a swing like Pete Alonso. I'll say that off the top of my head. Okay, you might have a right-handed swing like Pete. I'll take that. I mean, honestly, also it's a home run derby winner. There's worse people to be called. You know, I could be called yeah, like. Of course. Uh, uh, who could I be called? Oh, what's Daniel Vogelbach? Remember Daniel Vogelbach? <laughs> of course, that's yeah. mean. That's mean. That means yeah. I look like a boulder. That's, that's you could, yeah, you could be Astudio. Uh, yeah, I could be Astudio. Yeah, I feel like Daniel Vogelbach looks like one of those like old, old uh, vintage weightlifters with like the handlebar mustache that are lifting up bars with circles on the sides. Yes. Yeah, he gives me big like circus guy weightlifter vibes. That's what that's what uh, Vogelbach's giving me. But um, yeah, man, it was a really interesting series. I'm excited to see how the Mets and Phillies series plays out. Uh, 
Um, but it wasn't the only series where things didn't go according to plan. I guess, well, I guess you would have assumed that the, the Mets were going to beat the Nationals, but the Braves lost two to the Reds. And I think the weirdest part, of it, well, before we get into the weirdest part, did you see the World Series ring? And if you did, what did you think of it? Yeah, I saw the World Series ring. I, I wa- my... I didn't really investigate it too much. I saw the NFT World Series ring, and I went that. But, but and you were that, like, that's how not can what I get you're one? referring to. No, yeah. no, no. I was like, I was like, they stole my World Series ape. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I don't even know anything about that reference. I've just seen it on Twitter. It's a board but, um, NFT reference, right? Is that what you're getting at? I think so. I think okay, that's what I'm right, referring right. to. What, what's wrong with the World Series ring? This I, is news to me. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. It's got like a okay. the front of it opens. It like is almost like a door hinge locket style. Oh, that's cool. And inside they have like the ballpark and like uh, the uh, they they have a, a numerical significance number of like diamonds and there's a pearl in there for Jock yeah. Peterson and there's like it's a cool looking ring. But the cool part was <laughs> and there's a ticket to Los Angeles for Freddie Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> but the cool part is that there's a uh, that they gave out I think forty thousand replica rings to fans on on the home opening day which i thought was really cool oh, yeah so okay. you could have like a fake little uh braves world That's series cool. ring if you went to the game on time a sterling silver world series ring. yeah huh? <laughs> it's not quite the real gold thing but these things look like they were the most expensive rings you've ever seen in your entire life these bad boys were were honking i don't know if you're able to pull up a picture of it right now um but they're i mean all of these rings every championship ring no matter what the sport is just like uh uh, uh, a brash example of luxury, just like a very oh, that's loud. cool. But it's really cool, and you see, I, I don't know if you can see in the picture, but it opens up and it shows it shows the inside of it at all. But oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, very. I cool have a question. Me. I have a question for you, I and mean, this is not on the rundown either. But if you uh, were a player, or if you worked in the front office, or were an announcer for a team, and your team won the World Series, would you wear the ring ever, or would you keep it in a case? That's a great question. I would wear it on certain occasions. I feel like I would wear it. If I was ever being honored at the stadium, like I'm sure like okay. uh, Juan Soto one day will wear his his ring when he gets his jersey retired in Washington. Hopefully, if he stays there and the team also stays in Washington, um, <laughs> I, uh, I I think I would wear it to that occasion. If I'm going out to dinner with my wife, I am not wearing that ring. That's the kind of thing that I would think. Yes. Like I think it I think it would have a place in my home on display. And then for the occasional uh, occasional like special occasion, I would bring it up. I think that's what, what about you? Sure. What about you? No, I don't think so at all. I mean, it's very, it's very, it's kind of like, even though it's very cool and it's prestigious and like, you know, you want to, you want to have that, obviously, it's kind of like a little bit like a high school class ring. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just very it, similar like energy, style wise, yeah. style wise, it just kind of is. But the cool thing is, and maybe it's not a cool thing if you don't want to get noticed, but I've noticed players or people that have worked in baseball because of the ring. I remember I, um, when I went to a Red Sox spring training game mm-hmm. in Fort Myers when I lived there when I was young uh, I noticed there was a guy who had like a he was a scout and he had a big fat World Series ring Whoa. but I recognized him because he's former Mets and Phillies manager I think he's passed away since Dallas Green okay he's a Met, Mets Phillies and Yankees manager um, and I noticed him from the ring so I was like I thought that was cool that, you that can is identify cool. someone that way but it's like if you don't like the attention don't wear it. Don't wear it. Also, like that's a that's an expensive gamble you're taking wearing that outside of the house. Expensive. Like, you could. I'm a fool. I lose things. All, like you hear how dumb we sound on this podcast. Can you imagine if I had <laughs> an important, like, valuable item on me? Like I, I left my phone in two Ubers last year. I cannot have a World Series ring on my hand. <laughs> I will lose it, and I will cost me 
like five. Have you ever watched Pawn Stars? Are you a Pawn Stars guy at all? Uh, the only thing I remember about Pawn Stars is the Bob Dylan episode. You remember? Oh, that one? dude, with Chumley going to to meet Bob yes. Dylan. Yes. Oh, that's a classic yes. one. There's there's been classic. a few examples though. I was a big Pawn Stars guy in high school, and there was a few examples of uh, people bringing in old championship rings though. Uh, and you gotta, oh. they're, yeah, they're either like passed down. Or, like, you got to be down on your luck, though. You got to be down on your luck to sell your championship yeah. ring, though. I think a lot of that show is fake. <laughs> I think a lot of that show oh, is Oh, it sad. definitely is. I don't know why Bob Dylan agreed to it, because it was clearly scripted. I know. It seems so incredibly out of character for him. Also, I forget, somebody in our, our National League East Twitter sphere that we talk with regularly, maybe it was Bean Eater Buzz. I don't know. It was somebody. They just posted a picture of Bob Dylan. And I was like, did Bob Dylan die? And I kept like scrolling through my Twitter feed and Bob Dylan didn't die. They just posted a picture of him. But you can't be doing that with old celebrities, man. You, you don't can't know what that be means. doing it. It's like it's like when people do the thing. It's like I saw so and so trending and I almost had a heart attack. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Can't be doing that. that was like Betty White for 10 years until she uh, actually did pass away uh, at the mm-hmm. I mean, she was almost 100, right? She was at. Yes, She'd and everyone's like, good. "Please tell me it's a joke." It's yeah. like, "Calm down, calm down, yeah, dude." It was it was pretty fun. But the Braves get back to the Braves. The Braves starting pitching left a little to be desired. Um, two of their highly touted aces, Max Fried being their ace specifically, but Ian, Ian Anderson being a young gun that they're expecting a lot from this season, both allowed five earned runs. Max Fried did it in five and two thirds of an inning. Ian Anderson did it in two and two thirds of an inning, and that's kind of the story of the losses, man. Their starting pitching kind of implode. They obviously have one of the best bullpens in baseball, um, and and kind of showcase that. Uh, but yeah, I think that I think that they're you got to hope that they both turn it around again. This is so early. We are forced to talk about this because because it's yeah. the only baseball related to the National League East that's happened so far. We're both very well aware that both of these guys could turn it around completely and have great seasons. Um, but it is a little bit of a troublesome start. It's a little bit of a troublesome start. Yeah, I mean, it's also a surprising one, too. You wouldn't expect it to be both of these guys giving up five earned runs and in, in a few innings. So, I mean, I think they'll be fine. I'm not worried whatsoever it's not it's very far from panic mode absolutely you know that's the thing it's not the nfl you know uh yeah. so i i if you're a braves fan yeah obviously you want to see them win three or four against the shitty reds team but uh and but they'll be fine okay and i'm sure max free and i'm sure they're working on it um when's charlie morton come back do you know i don't know i don't know i know uh, you know what started today and he also got rocked a little bit by the nationals in a kind of a, an unexpected thing it's 5-1 mm-hmm. right now here in yeah. the top of the fifth but um but yeah, I, it, so it is a little bit surprising. I saw Braves Twitter already calling for Inoa to go to the bullpen. Uh, does he get time in the bullpen because of how stacked they already are? I don't know. I'm sure they could carve out a role for him. Um, but you kind of got to rely on him as your starter. I know they have. Yeah. Don't they have like a, a prospect that's been lighting it up? Strider is that something? Strider. Like? Yeah. Strider, so maybe yeah. he can come in and, and try to eat four or five innings in a start. But but yeah, man, if you're a Braves fan. Don't worry. I know Braves Twitter doesn't even seem like they're getting rattled yet. You guys are going to be fine. You're one of the best teams in baseball. I would not start sweating it. Matt Olson had that nice homer to left center. You yeah, see that, that looked good. That looked good. He yeah. also got gunned. Did you see him running from third base to home? He got he got a uh, he tagged up and got thrown out at home plate. That was kind of funny. He's a, oh, no, I didn't see that. He's a, a very athletic man that just doesn't move very quickly. <laughs> yes, he looks he looks a little silly too. He I, does. I like to see him do it do a little uh, bat flip. What do you think of his stance? Uh, it's a little funny. It's it a, is kind a of like uh, it reminds me of I don't want to say uh, David Justice is coming to my brain, but okay. I need to see them side by side. Yeah, I'm totally wrong. He just like, a very long, it, yeah. long, long uh, stance. Yeah, right? sticks it out. It like it's a very tall stance too. It seems like yeah. the bat is, is is pretty high in the air. It seems um, like he's doing a lot of work to bring his arms around. Completely agree. You know who uh, who was really funny to watch run this week was uh, that that Rays prospect, the outfield prospect that got called up, Josh Lowe. I don't know if you saw him. 
Also, it's a run. Oh, no, I didn't see him run. That's he, he hit a triple uh, and was just lumbering from second to third. <laughs> uh, and he's a fast dude, but he's just like such a big guy that it looks so weird for him to be running. Um, it was very funny. It was very funny. But yeah, uh, the, what are you going to say? Sorry, I interrupted. The, I was going to say there should be a Twitter page that's like meat boys running. It's just like <laughs> our, the guys we mentioned already. I love that, dude. Alonzo asked you, maybe we'll just change our Twitter page for a week to meat boys running. I say let's give it a shot. There's also a ton of that in basketball. Because there's just big, big dudes having to lumber from one end of the of the court to the other. There's big baby Davis. That's not a name I know that you're very familiar with, but he was a former Orlando Magic guy. Uh, okay. Just just like uh, Brandon Bass. I'm really throwing some deep cuts here for for yeah, big bellied basketball guys, but it's uh it's very funny. But yeah, long story short, Braves fans, you got nothing to worry about. However, if you're the Marlins, you gotta be a little uh you gotta be a little uh getting well, a little skeptical, getting a little worried. You're, you're bringing your own uh, anxiety about the the Marlins. Marlins hey, I wrote the I rundown this week. I'll say <laughs> what is or isn't worthy of being anxious okay, about. Okay, geez, the okay, geez. Mar- the Marlins lost two of three to the Giants in San Francisco. Uh, the first game, all one-run game. So the first run, or the first game, Jazz hit a go-ahead home run in the top of the ninth, and he played so well, he earned a bench spot in the second game. Brandon, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but then Anth- or Anthony Bender blew the lead in the bottom of the ninth, and then Anthony Bass blew the lead in the, in the bottom of the tenth. Um, I had a buddy at the game, uh, a mutual friend of mine. Uh, mutual friend of mine, that's not a thing people say. <laughs> hey, he's a friend of his and a friend of mine. Um, he, uh, he was texting me at the game, was talking about how great it was. I've always wanted to go to Oracle Park. It looks really awesome. Um, but then the Marlins won the next day and then lost again the next day. It's all one-run games. I think the final game was 4-3. Um, Jazz with the spectacular diving catch at second base that was making its rounds. You know what's a weird part of Twitter that I delved into is um, our boy Peter Pratt. Shout out to Peter Pratt. He was mm-hmm. he retweeted like BBC Sports uh, who had highlighted Jazz's diving play at second. If you missed it, it's 100 miles off the bat. Jazz goes full extension, robs, yeah. a, robs a single away from, I forget who hits it, but it was a very powerful hit, really athletic play. And if you scroll through the replies to the BBC network, it's just all a bunch of guys being like, Oh, okay, mate. Well, he did it with a fucking glove now, didn't he? If he didn't have a glove, well, it would be much more impressive. My, my grandma could have done that. It was really, really, really cockney on that. But it was really, really funny That's to funny. see a bunch of cricket fans be like, oh, 100 miles an hour off the bat, like, uh, what, maybe 110 feet away? That's really easy because he's wearing a glove. It was really cracking me up. Oh, that's funny. I know. So they're, an- so they're mostly anti-baseball. They're, they're- not gonna <laughs> they're anti Peter, Peter, yeah. when we had peter on the lost episode that we that we was never able to air he said that he thought that baseball was able to come to i know he's a very positive guy but he thought it would very be able to come man, to yeah. the uk based on this these twitter replies no dice no dice no at least not i mean also you know twitter replies to sports accounts are, are some of the worst people in any country sure. i would argue sure, sure, sure. um but <laughs> or twitter replies period yeah you know it's not a good look it's not uh it's not a it does not exemplify the the people of the country but yeah that was really cracking me up but Sandy came out a little rocky brand in game one. I think he had a little bit of nerves. He walked five batters, I believe the number was. I, I, I'm such a good Marlins fan. I didn't even write the stats in the rundown, dude. Um, and, and then the second game, we had a great showing from Pablo Lopez. Uh, the Giants team, though, I, I guess this is my question. Do you think the Marlins have improved enough to go head-to-head with a 100-win team like the Giants last season? Or did the Giants regress uh, to the Marlins level a little bit? Or is it a bit of both? See, here's the thing. Once again, with baseball, it's like the reoccurring theme where you're like, you don't want to put too much stock in one series. Obviously, one this early, you know, is not going to make or break the season. You can look back in it in September and be like, oh, if we won that first game of the season, you can do that. Yeah, you can. I don't like putting too much stock in it. I think what you should be putting stock into is like, 
Okay, how does the bullpen look? Are we worried about the bullpen? Because that was an issue last year. Yeah, it's like, good point. I good think point. those specifics is is really you know what we should focus on instead of like the more macro level. Like, is this team good? Like, I don't know. I think that's more <laughs> yeah, panic mode. That's true. But it's, it's too like, early to evaluate, is what you're saying. But I think because it was an issue for the Marlins last year, I turn the question back to you and I say, after the the first game, are you were you concerned bullpen wise for the Marlins? I know they picked up the two guys from the Orioles that yeah. everyone's high on, but are you cool, still so concerned? Certain open wise for the Marlins honestly no I, I like the first game throw it out like Bass and Bender both blew it every game after that our bullpen looked great we have uh Stephen Okert O-K-E-R-T is that a guy mm-hmm. you're familiar with throw Fried just, Okert baby yeah. <laughs> he was just he was just like throwing diving sliders Bender still got the stuff um Bass is really good in the sixth and seventh inning keep him far away from the eighth and ninth inning but in those early innings he's totally fine um and uh, and then Cole Solser, Susser, Solser, I think Solser. It's Solser. Solser, yeah. Right, and Tanner yeah. Scott were the two dudes that we got back from the the Orioles, and both looked great. Both looked really, really good. Eight innings. Um, I think yeah. I think the only two runs from our bullpen was that game one when Bender and, and Bass blew it. But outside of that, like uh, it was it was pretty impressive. I think the worry was uh, uh, Avisel Garcia still hasn't done a whole lot. He's looked really bad. I think he's had one hit. Maybe a little bit more, but for the most part, has been pretty non-existent. Uh, Jorge Soler was non-existent until Game Three. I don't know if you saw; he robbed a home run in left field. It was really cool, and then uh, was starting to sprinkle some singles around here. He hasn't had a lot of the power mm-hmm. just yet, but um, we're we're hoping to see a home run today against the Angels tonight against the Angels. Um, and then Jesus Sanchez in center field. We got burned by an awful route from Jesus Sanchez in center field. Uh, he's still a great, he's still a favorite Marlin of mine, top five favorite Marlin right now. Still a blast to watch. Seems like a great kid, great personality, but. His routes that he was taking out in center field were a little worrisome. And even on routine fly balls out there, I still held my breath a little bit, which is not what you want from center field. See, that's that's the second question, right? It's like the two things last year or the, excuse me. One of the things last year was with the Marlins was the bullpen. The other thing, the defense, aside from the offense, yeah. was sort of a little suspect. But this year going to this year, center field defense, how many freaking times did we talk about? It? I know, dude. So it's like if you see him and you know he's a center fielder, like taking roots like that. Then, then do you get concerned because you're like, well, there's nothing, there's no change in that until yeah. maybe July. So. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I did. I was reading a couple rumors today that they were thinking about Loriano after his PED suspension is over is when they're going to look at it. Yeah, see how Jesus plays in center field, and if it's if it still leaves a little bit to be desired, then maybe start to pursue Loriano. Um, but yeah, that was a little worrisome. I mean, Solaire's had some good defensive plays, man. He's run, he's got a couple foul balls that he, that I thought were a little out of his range that he caught up to. Avisel Garcia looks more than competent in right field. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as our corner defense goes, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident and we still haven't seen any Brian De La Cruz still not in the lineup today. They got Brian Anderson playing, uh, playing right field against the angels tonight yeah. at nine 39. Um, but, but yeah, I think that that. I'm going to give him a few more games. Let's give him a couple more series, maybe. Let's see if he can iron out yeah. some of the, the the more worrisome parts of his center field defense. But Jesus Sanchez, so far as a starting center fielder, has left a little bit to be desired. Uh, question, how do you feel? We kind of touched on this, but Jazz was benched in yeah. game two. Yeah, you And saw he that started drama. retweeting uh, fans that were like, oh, he, Jazz... Uh, hits a home, he hit a homer, right? Game one, yeah. Hit a and, he's like, and and then and then he's benched the next day, and they're complaining. He's retweeting them. I, I, obviously, if this was the Mets or even Phillies in the NL East, this would have been a huge story. Huge. I feel like Marlins. It was like a story briefly, and now it's sort of already yeah. died down. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about this? Like, like is is this an issue? Is this going to be something that's going to kind of follow him? If there's any like, you know, any because also there's the line of like Jazz is flashy. 
on the field, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, the old school guys are like a little... Get a it's little like the Freddie Freeman bit. Acuna comments that we heard at the beginning of last week. It's very similar, yeah. yeah. So do you think this is something that's going to follow Jazz this season I, in the future? Or do you think I this think, is an issue at all, or it's non-issue? I think it's a non-issue. If you had talked to me day of, I would have said it's a little bit troublesome. I think that it's important to remember that he is still a young guy. He's still in his early 20s. I did a bunch of dumb stuff in my early 20s. I stole a, a construction sign once, Brandon, and put it in my friend's room as a prank while he was sleeping. You do stupid stuff when you're in your early 20s. Yeah. Um, that being said, he t- he unretweeted everything in the middle of the game, which is uh, which is interesting. How was he able to use his phone? Uh, that's a better question. I don't know. I don't know if you heard about this, but the Lakers, too, are being accused of using their phones on the benches. But baseball and basketball are two <laughs> different stories for when you should or shouldn't yeah. be using your phone. Um, but he unretweeted everything and came out and played miraculously in the third game of the series. I think that you can I think both things can be true. I think it can be a mistake to let to sit your most electric player and not play him every day, but I think it also can be true that management was pretty pretty uh open about the fact that they were going to platoon guys this year. They got left-handed Wendell, Brian Anderson missed opening day. Players are just not going to get as much playtime as they're accustomed to. Uh Miguel Rojas missed game 2 until Cooper, maybe it was game 3 until Cooper got uh that wrist injury. Um so it's 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 definitely it definitely both can be true. I think it's a little bit more of a nuanced take where I never want to see Jazz benched and Jazz clearly never wants to see Jazz benched. Yeah. But also if with if we have a winning advantage and he's and he doesn't have the matchup, it was a lefty lefty start. Um, I think it was Rodon that was starting on uh, on on the yeah. second game. So so it kind of makes sense. But I'm glad to see that he he probably got a uh, he probably got an earful from Mattingly. Mattingly seemed to be pretty uh, unfazed by it. If anything, he probably had his feelings hurt, which is a, a very normal thing to do. You don't want your star player putting you on blast essentially on social media, but yeah, that's kind of my take. I mean, it's 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 part of a flashy personality. I think that a lot of guys. Um, I know I let my emotions get the best of me, and I so I can't fault anybody for for doing the yeah. same. You, yeah, uh, of course. If you wear your heart on your sleeve, you're going to be a passionate person on both sides of an issue. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of my take on it all. Yeah, and also, I mean, he is one of the star players, so you'll see him out there more often than not. But also, the successful teams, like we bring it up a million times with the Dodgers, they mix and match. Yeah, every absolutely. game. That the Giants. So that's ha- that's how they won so many games last year. They were. They're resting their veteran players and they're mixing and matching, changing the whole lineup mid game, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I think, I assume it's going to, uh, it's going to sort of be brushed over and I think it'll be fine. But yeah. it's just funny because it would be a big story if it was in, I completely in L- agree. LA, New York, Philly. If it, it was a, uh, Boston, Chicago, I mean, I guess Miami so. is a major market. We always talk about this how Miami does get the media attention as a major market does, but it is technically yeah. a major market. But yeah. But yeah, I agree. All right, Brandon. Well, we got a couple of our classic segments coming up. Feast or famine. We got some Twitter questions. We got our Degrama of the Week, the upcoming schedules, and feature future fans. But before we get to that, we got a couple more ads. Hey, sports nerds. Have you heard of ColorCast? Well, ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download, and it's free to use. You can talk to me. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. That's right, athletes and insiders, not just schmoes like me. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to all the breaking news. I got on there, I got some friends, I got some followers, and I got into arguments where I found out I was wrong. But you're going to be right when you get ColorCast. Download it today. It is free to use. Bring those spicy takes, baby. 
This episode of NL Feast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Listen, tons of people take a multivitamin. It's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, which is a word I just learned today. Adaptogens. I could use some adaptogens in my life to help start your day right. Listen, it's a scoop. You just toss it in your protein shake, get back from the gym, you've been running treadmill, training for that marathon, getting jacked. Maybe it's cutting season. Maybe it's bulking season. Who cares? Throw a little athletic greens in your protein shake and you will be good to go. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets as well. So vegans, maybe double check. You never know with these things, but sounds like it's good for you. Good for those uh, pescatarian diets, maybe. I don't know why that's the first one that came to my brain, but the caveman diet. Maybe it's good for the paleo heads out there. I don't know. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than three dollars a day. Three dollars a day. That's less than a cup of coffee. I spend more on bacon, egg and cheeses here in New York City than I'd spend on some athletic greens. And sound a little bit more healthy to me. Listen, it's time to reclaim your health Arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's getting chilly here in the big city, so I could use some of that. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sportsdrink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Brandon, we're back. And Brandon, it's the return of some of our classic segments, my man. It's been so long since we've done that. We have to get started with the first segment that we're going to get started with today. We've got our Feaster Famine, which if you're a new listener to the pod, famously, I was supposed to write music to this and never got around to it. But if you want to imagine what it would sound like, it was like uh, Feaster Famine. Dun, 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 Yeah. So just kind of imagine yeah. that as an intro that you're hearing You still right didn't do it in the offseason. No, I still didn't do it. You know, I'm a busy man, Brandon. I got a lot of strokes you're, you're concerts busy. to go you're to. Busy. Got yeah, to host yeah, yeah. the boys. Uh, but all right, Brandon, let's get started. My Feast of the Week is newly acquired Miami Marlin Jacob Stallings. He had a hell of a debut, threw a guy out at second uh, on an attempted steal, threw a guy out at, a, at second when he was leaning off a little bit too much. Uh, defensively, he was a juggernaut, and then he hit a two-run home run. As far as acquisitions in the offseason go, this has been by far the most uh, valuable in the in the opening series. I mean, Jorge Soler uh, turned it on in game three. Abisal Garcia has left a little bit to be desired. Wendell's been solid. But Jacob Stallings showed the glove showed the defense and showed the offense and it was it was just a remarkable upgrade from the catching that we saw last season. Yeah, truly uh yeah, Marlins fans should be happy. I mean, that was the catcher that most of you were clamoring for. I mean, no one better you can get defensively and if and if this man can hit some homers once in a while, huge improvement from last year. And Alex Alex Jackson's gone too. I know. You guys got rid of him. We need to talk about it. I so. know, yeah. Not a lot to talk about um, there. Not a lot to talk yeah. about there. <laughs> um my feast I actually have a dual one. I thought about Ooh, uh, okay. this. Uh so my first one is it seems like Mr. Jeff McNeil, your your favorite uh you call him a rat or the squirrel <laughs> as you learned squirrel. last week. Yeah, the squirrel. Jeff McNeil, uh he seems like he's back. He's hitting all fields. He's doing he's not trying to hit for power, even though he did hit it one home run. He's seven for sixteen so far to start the season. Wow. Uh, a a a uh, a McNeil 
uh, a McNeil to full form is huge for you. Is guys. just huge for the Mets. Yeah, um, really great. Depth. So, we were talking about depth with the Marlins in the last segment, but the McNeil offers a lot of depth and a lot of different positions for you guys. So you have to you have to be happy with that uh, that that play so far. Yeah, absolutely. And it's similar thing where he's played left field, he played second base so far. So great, great. Uh, you know, I hope he keeps it up throughout the year because like he is a three hundred hitter. I know, say what you will about average, but yeah. it's like he is a three hundred hitter, and that's great to have. That's not for on your team. Also, uh, exactly. uh, a fantasy draft pick of mine. So you know, I'm I'm rooting oh. for I'm rooting for our friend Peter Pettigrew. Okay, I like to hear that. All right, give me um, your second feast. My dual feast was. Did you see the Washington National City Connect jerseys? Oh, the the cherry blossoms one. Cherry blossoms. Do you know how do you feel? Because obviously the the Marlins City Connect ones were a huge hit. I was a big fan of them. I know you have one of the jerseys. Yeah. How do you feel about the Nationals one? I am. I I think again I I can both appreciate and dunk on them a little bit. I think the gray was a bad choice. I they maybe should have gone full pink, embraced the cherry blossoms pink. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's my take. I'm not crazy about them. They're not as bad as the Astros ones that came out today. Uh, but but they're uh, they're not my favorite. They're not my favorite. Sure. What about you? I actually I like the, I like it. I, I like the color scheme because it's sort of like charcoal gray. And I do yeah. like. Did you see they have like little cherry blossoms like sort of on in, the in end the of the jersey. logo? Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan. No, that, not just at the end, but actually throughout the jersey. Oh, like, oh, it goes up and yeah, down. they have like yeah, it's gray, but it's like throughout the jersey. Oh, I'm a big cool. fan. Um, I say, yeah, that's a feast, baby. That's a feast. We, like it. we love a feast. My famine of the week, Brandon, is a sad one. There's an on-fire center fielder that for the Philadelphia Phillies that they could desperately use right now. Mickey Moniak yeah. took, a, took a ball to his right hand, got a hairline fracture, out four to six weeks. He was one of the better stories in Philadelphia Phillies camps during spring training. Uh, but he's had a really good attitude about it. He said he can't wait to get back out there. Um, but, you know, it's a bummer to see a young guy go through any sort of injury trouble, and uh, especially one that are kind of out of his control, just a, a product yep. of playing the game. Um, and uh, that's got to be the most painful. I know Cooper got uh, Garrett Cooper got hit in the wrist today or yesterday um, from a fastball. It's just you know that's the most brutal place to get hit besides the face, I guess. Lindor and Pete Alonso would argue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I uh, I just kind of wanted to give a shout out to our boy Mickey. Great name, great baseball name. Was really on fire during spring training. We feel so bad for him because like you know you he was someone that the Phillies fans were highly. They, they were, you know, highly regarded a couple of years ago, sort of fell off, wasn't able to put it together. It seems like Kevin Long, and at least hitting coach legend, was able to work with <laughs> yeah. him a bit, and, he, and it sort of clicked for him in, uh, yeah. in spring training. Ugh, brutal for him. I feel so bad. Um, but, yeah, hopefully he'll be back four to six weeks, so hopefully May we see him at some point. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Matt Vierling's out there for the Phillies now, doing a serviceable job, of course. You know, but, doing uh, his best. Yeah, doing his best. Doing his best. Doing but, his Brandon, best. Brandon, hit me with your famine, my friend. Hit me with your famine. Okay, what you got? my famine is, uh, I hate to say it, not, not to double down on the Phillies, oh, no. but oh, no. Alec Bohm, even though uh, I, think he, I think he's had three hits in, in three at-bats so far this year, um, but... My guy got three errors in today's game alone. He's looking rough. He's it's, sort of like single-handedly sick of the Phillies, and that's something in today's game. And that's something that we talked about the whole offseason. Yeah, and we, we talked about last this season. This is a story base. last season about Alec Bones' defense. It was that it, that it left with a desire. It's heartbreaking. This poor kid is just like he's so in his he can head. hit. He's got the yips. He's got the yips, man. But it's the he defensive does. yips. It's weird. I know. And then this is something that's been uh, scorching through Twitter right before the record and while we're recording, I'm sure. 
but there's uh, some lip reading going on. I'm sure John Boy's going to be on it soon, but he uh, he looks like he's saying, I fucking hate this place in reference to playing at the at the, at the Philadelphia Phillies Stadium because he uh, yeah made three errors and then Phillies fans started sarcastically cheering him when he was making routine uh, routine defensive plays. Uh, yeah, who knows what he said? For Bryson Stott. Too, yeah, the, they're already the calling. Yeah, already calling for Bryson so. Stott, which I get. Um, but but you know we don't like to watch anybody uh, anybody have trouble and get in their head like that. The mental part of the game is uh, can be one of the hardest ones, and uh, it seems like he's really kind of in it right now. So you're we're cheering for the guy. We're cheering for Alec. Yes, yes. Here at NL Feast, come on on, come on the podcast. Come on the pod. Come if on this pod. baseball thing doesn't work out, come on, we'll don't, talk to you. Yeah, don't dig into our older last season episodes regarding no, your team. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Us, but, or your vaccination status. Your vaccination no, no, no. Status. Yeah, don't check out our anti-vax all stars, my friend. Uh, Brandon, I, don't, I think I sent you a, a, a screenshot, but we had a, a, a very, very staunch anti-lib guy follow us on Twitter the other day. That was kind of cracking me up. It's, I know. I, does he still follow us? I don't know. Who's to say? If he's ever listened to the who's podcast, to even for longer than 10 minutes i'm sure he stopped <laughs> once you said that you listened to a band called french cassette he like unsubscribed and unfollowed yes. immediately that's when he knew he was out but brandon <laughs> you did a wonderful thing today you threw out some questions to our fans on twitter our followers on twitter give us a follow at nl feast pod if you want to get more of this kind of stuff but we fielded some questions and we got a couple that we wanted to bring up so first off a buddy of mine a man in my marlin sphere a man in a marlin's group chat with me we got our boy des Follow him at Marlins underscore SZN, SZN, that's Marlins season. He asks, at what point in the season can you judge a team? And Brandon, this is an interesting one because I feel like we teased this conversation a little bit earlier. A bit, yeah, yeah, but I'm curious as to, as to what you have to say about it. Wow. At what point in the season can you judge a team? I would say, you know, give it a full month. Give it a full month because, you know, at that point, you've probably faced some good teams. You've faced some bad teams, but you've seen reoccurring patterns. You've yes. If you've seen if you've seen your closer blow three games, you might got a problem. You might like got you a might, problem. You, you might be a red. Yeah, Jeff Fox really, you might got a problem. <laughs> you might got a problem. Your team might got a bullpen problem. Um, I'll say give it a month. Okay. Give it a month, Des, and then you see... The full spectrum, we played some teams that are not going to win 60 games. You played some teams that are going to win 100 games. So you see how it is. And if you see reoccurring, if you see Jesus Sanchez making some weird plays out in center field, if you see the bullpen blowing too many games, then you know what the needs are and you know what the issues are going to be for your team as a whole. So I, I say a month. What do you I say? I say two months. I say two months. It's okay. the, it's a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Your uh, your starters have had at least, like, ideally seven to nine starts at that point. You should have a better idea as to what you're going to get from them. Uh, like we talked about, bullpen, defense, all that stuff. And also, you're still two months away from the trade deadline. You got plenty of time to evaluate your talent, plenty of time to evaluate your needs. Um, so my my vote is two months. I Now, yeah. was I overreacting to the Marlins' uh, extra innings loss on the very first game of the season on Friday? Absolutely. Can I be both? <laughs> Both logical and emotional at the same time. Absolutely. My yeah, my uh, my answer is two months. My answer is two months. Uh, okay, Brandon, we got like another it. question here from Christopher. Uh, I think we both know uh, this guy, one of my personal best friends, but uh, I'm glad to see that he's... Dude, so- you have to pretend like we have fans. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, two, two people that I talk to very regularly, one of them being somebody I talk to every single day. Uh, Christopher says, what is the Mets... Oh, I should give Christopher's uh, Twitter handle a shout out. That's at 
Bourgeois, B-O-U-R-G-O-I-S-E-A-U-X, B-O-U-R-G-O-I-S-E-A-U-X. Follow him for some MLS soccer takes, um, some One Piece anime takes. Those are his big, uh, his big tweeting categories. Um, <laughs> or some progressive politics takes. Uh, what is the Mets' long-term outlook for third base? Do we make a move at the deadline, or do we just platoon it? Brandon, what do you think? I definitely don't think they're going to make a move at the deadline. And I say that obviously depends on injury. But, um, you know, I do think that Escobar is going to get the brunt of the uh, action there at third base this year. And if they're doing a little mix and match, maybe McNeil slides over. J.D. Davis limited because he's got boom boom defense (laughs) over there. Um, So, yeah, so I would say, Chris, I would say that Escobar takes the brunt of it this year. But also, if there's injuries, let's have two guys that can play third base. Mark Vientos, who... Um, our friend Aram Layton, yeah, um, very is high, on. very high on um, a guy with tremendous power and really is coming to his own swing. Um, that's on the brink of being in the majors as soon as the Mets need a bat. Um, and then Brett Beatty, who's maybe the Mets' next long-term option, and yeah. uh, in their base is a little bit further away in Double A, but not that far away. So he could even make his debut in September this year. So. Um, I would say the Mets hold tight. I think they'll be fine at their base. I think Escobar is, done, is go, going to do and already has done a more than serviceable job there. So I say Brett Beatty's the long-term option. Vientos, you know, not really a defensive guy. Maybe DH is once Cano's gone in the future. Um, or he could be flipped for a trade piece if needed. Uh, but I do see Brett Beatty post-Escobar being the Mets' third base option long-term. I, uh, I, think, the, I think the answer for me to that question came when Ho- Jose Ramirez signed an extension with, uh, with the Cleveland Guardians because if you're looking for a third baseman, Chapman got traded, yep. or Arenado's on a new team, Chris Bryant's playing in the Rockies now. If you're looking for a third baseman that you can fill in the gap, you would have thought Jose Ramirez. He was running, on a, he was running towards the end of his time in uh, Cleveland, it seemed, but then signed a team-friendly contract. So I think that kind of says it all. I agree with you. I think that um, there are the, the strengths of your farm system seem to be those corner, corner infield positions. Um, so, yeah, I think that I, I think they hold Pat. I, and it's also like if looking at your lineup, if third base is the is the, the gap that you need to fill, you're doing just fine. You're stacked. What are you worried about? You got a you got a great, great infield with McNeil and Alonzo and uh, J.D. Davis and Robinson Cano and Francisco Lindor like you're uh, you're bursting at the seams there with depth. I wouldn't be too worried about it if I were you. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. I'm uh, with you. All right, Brandon, we're bringing back a segment that we haven't done in quite some time. We got our. Degrama the Grama the week. week. Let's go. All right, Brandon. Why don't you tell us who our Degrama... And there's a song. And there's, there's a, a song. song. They just heard it right now. They heard the song. <laughs> uh, Brandon, why don't you give us our Degrama of the Week? Uh, Degrama of the Week. Uh, Phillies, we're not going to shit on you all day. That's rude. That'd be rude. We got Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson, who came over uh, at the deadline with Ian Kennedy. He's no longer a Philly, but he came over. Spencer Howard went over to the, the Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Gibson, seven innings pitched, zero earned runs, 10 strikeouts, and only two hits against the A's this weekend. Kyle Gibson, if the, hey, if the Phillies have some someone past uh Nola and uh Wheeler. Nola and Wheeler, then hey, you're gonna like that, baby. So uh uh Kyle Gibson, you got the DeGrama of the week. We like you, you're cool. We like you, you're cool. Yeah, we like you, you're cool. Um I, I was impressed by that. I agree with you. I know Wheeler wasn't in this first round of the rotation just yet. And they still have Ranger Suarez. They do have some interesting uh starting pitching there and if they all if they all start hitting, this Phillies team is deadly, assuming that they can catch a routine ground ball. Um, and <laughs> I still get hung up on that weird, really impressive defensive double play that they pulled in spring training. It's like, it is there. I know that there's like a little bit of a shell of a defense, but, uh, but 
yeah, I, I agree with you, Kyle Gibson. What a what a star. What a stud. What a guy. Brandon, moving right along though, we got our upcoming schedule for the week. Do you want to take it away? Or you want me to do this one? How are you feeling? Hey, I got it. Got uh, the it. Mets, they're currently playing the Phillies. Uh, JT Real Muto actually has hit a two-run homers, 4-3 Mets, bottom of the eighth. Wow. So the series is going to be All right. wild. Um, yeah, so Mets are playing the Phillies, uh, and then they're playing the Dimebacks, doing their uh, their city field debut the end of the week. They're unveiling the Tom Seaver statue. Um, for the Phillies, after they play the Mets, they're going to Miami, playing your Marlins. Um Braves currently playing the Nationals. They're losing 5-1 to one last I heard in Game 1. And then they come out to California, and they play the Padres. And after the Marlins, uh, or before the Marlins play the Phillies, they're out here in L.A., or Anaheim, excuse me, playing the Angels and uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, the Nationals, after the Braves, are playing the Pirates in Pittsburgh, a battle of two forces, yes. Nationals and I know, Pirates. I know. There's, a, there's, an, there's two things about this. One, did you notice, I'm going to start doing this uh, on the rundowns, is that we put the order of the schedule in the order of the division. Uh, the, I like it. Yes, yeah, so you like that with the wins, you know, the like team with the most wins at the top. Um, second thing is I, I totally forgot about this. It's been so long since we've done upcoming schedule. I mean, it's been since September of last year um there's a lot of repeats because it's a division where they play each other a lot so you're like all right the washington's at the braves this week and oh the braves are hosting the nationals it's like how many different ways can we say the same thing so that was that was cracking me up but brandon what what of these series are you looking forward to the most do you have to say aside from the nationals and pirates i well i'm looking forward to the (laughs) mets phillies of course because obviously this will you know be nice to see who who takes the edge in in the first series between the two um but also phillies marlins phillies marlins will be great in her division um and then also braves nationals because hey nationals win if they end up closing out this first game um will be exciting to see the rest yeah so all these i mean we have tons of interdivision ones going on right now so all exciting what about you i think mets phillies is probably my go-to for the first week and then i think braves yeah. padres i think that's our sunday night oh, game next of course week. braves yeah, padres be fun. very exciting game i know tatis is out for the padres right now which is a huge bummer but they're still a very exciting team one of the best starting rotations in the league um so yeah i think those are probably the the two that i'm most excited for brandon we have made it to our final segment feature future fans if you're new to the show this is where brandon and i give some shout outs some people we like on Twitter and that we think might like us. Brandon, why don't you get us started with the first one? I'll move our way down after that. Yeah, we got Jamie at citizen underscore nope. I guess that's Leslie Nope. Yes, because, it's uh, a Parks and Rec a reference. Big Parks and Rec fan. So if you like some comedy, we like comedy. Give Jamie a follow. I say give Jamie a follow because uh, Brandon is as funny as we think we are. We are nowhere near as funny as Parks and Rec. That is for sure. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of my Doughboys pod, and I always forget that uh, that my boy Mike Mitchell, one of the co-hosts of that uh, of that podcast, was had like a reoccurring one-line character on Parks and Rec, and that always cracks me up. Always a lot of like UCB people tucked into the, the Parks and Rec show. Totally. Yeah, totally. which is always pretty fun. Um, all right, the next one coming up, we have a Phillies fan, Schmenkman. At TGP Schmenk, S-C-H-M-E-N-K, a baseball stats guy. Now, Brandon, unclear if he'll like our podcast because of how little we use statistics. But We're you know, dumb, Schmanky. <laughs> we're dumb. I think this is where we hit the over on how many times he'd say we're dumb. We hit the solid three. But uh, I think you might enjoy us. We talked some Phillies today. We talked some Mickey Moniak. You're not going to get that from a lot of podcasts that aren't Philly specific. So we hope you enjoy, my friend. Or have, have a good week. Yeah, we also have uh, Nationals fans. I know we were talking shit. I'm sorry. The Nationals <laughs> at Nationals Source, a source for all things Washington Nats. Writer for District on Deck with some of our other friends like Amanda and Max um, are also involved with them. So Nationals Source at Nationals Source. 
Baby, uh, they'll be positive on them. They won't be as negative as we are. Yeah, please. And and we love our district on deck friends. We love them so we much. Do. Speaking we do. Speaking of good friends, Brandon, we have a fellow Sports Drink Network podcaster, Big Champ Man, at HeyCam93. He's the co-host of Chatting Average, which our good friend Riley Rakes is the other co-host of. We love Braves Nation. Braves Nation treats us well. You could tell by our, our, our Twitter poll at the beginning of the season saying who is going to win the most games in the National League East. And it was, I think, 95% Braves fans that voted in the over 400 <laughs> votes that we had. So, you know, we, we do reach the Braves audience very well. Um, so we hope you enjoy. Uh, yeah, my friend, we're, uh, we'll see you around the Sports Drink Network. Did you see the the sports drink uh crew necks that we got do you see those we oh yeah i did see those they, those are they, amazing they tease that we might be able to get some our, our hands on some and i i think they're great if you're if you're unfamiliar we are a sports drink network podcast make sure you check out the yep. network on twitter it's at sports drink with no vowels um i'm sure there's an ad read either coming or have already happened about sports drink so keep an eye out for that <laughs> we um, haven't done that part yet okay we haven't done that part yet Today's episode of NL Feast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. That's spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All he asks is that you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. Yeah, but uh, Brandon, why don't you give us our final shout out of the week? Uh, Marlins fans, I'm sure you know him. Loud Marlins fan, a.k.a. LMF, at Loud Marlins fan. You've seen him. He wears the Marlins hat. I, what's more, what's to, more say? to say? He's, he's, a, he's a Marlins social media and Marlins legend, I'd say. Uh, let's get louder. Let's right? get louder. Hashtag let's get louder. Yes, we love LMF and Marlins Twitter sphere. A uh, 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 perpetually optimistic man. He does the Peter Pratt, or maybe Peter Pratt does the loud Marlins fan where they do the, the videos after every game or after an exciting thing. He's a huge Anthony Bass fan. He flies out all over the place to go see Marlins games. We think you'd like our podcast, Loud Marlins fan, so we hope you like us. All right, Brandon. Oh, what an episode, dude. We did it. We got through our first full episode of the new season. How are you feeling? You feel like we shook the rust off pretty good. We're back to moving. I'm feeling We're back good. in it. We're back in. It's like riding a bike. It's like riding a bike. We we missed nothing at all, baby. We cut the fat. We were we were so chopped. We're still dumb. We're still dumb <laughs> as hell. We uh we we went from talking 20% about baseball to talking 90% about baseball on a podcast, and I don't think we made one noticeable mistake. It seems like the mistakes really happen when we bring on guests who we don't want to make mistakes in front of. That's yes. when we say something stupid. We get nervous, we, like stage fright. Yeah, we get nervous, but uh, we're going to have some great guests this year, and we're going to have some great podcasts this year. Brandon, before we get out of here, tell the people where they can find you and how they can support you out in the in the internet. You can support <laughs> support me on the internet <laughs> at Brando. Grosso, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, you're going to get nothing, but Twitter, you'll get something every once in a while. Where are they going to find you and your band? And my band. You can find uh, you can find me at NLFeastSam on Twitter. You can find my band at Ugly Twin Music on Twitter. I've never plugged my band's Twitter account. Uh, check my Twitter profile. It's in there. You can check out our new music video for our song, Crabs or Crustaceans. We're very proud of. Make sure that you follow the podcast at NLFeastPod. Shoot us an email. We're dying. We'll take Twitter questions, but we'll also take email questions. Shoot us an email, nlfeastpod at gmail.com. 
And then finally, if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will check. We will uh, we will read whatever it is that you write so long as it's appropriate and not awful, dreadful nonsense. Oh, Brandon, I'm out of breath. Anything else before we get out of here, my friend? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.